Hi, I'm Lizzie Weber. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, and composer. And thank you so much for listening. Part of why I love doing this is because I love producing. Probably being in the studio is my favorite environment because that's where you get to make the painting. You're listening to Songs Out Loud from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Aaron Dole. The big one is a reflection about fear of that which cannot be known. There's a story about an earthquake. There's invented open tunings and open hearts crying in bed at night in the woods of a military base. There's a multitude of studio musicians, artful scoring and arranging, and a smart, eager protagonist ready to face her fears. This song, along with a few others on Lizzie Weber's new album, Fidalgo, goes super cinematic with the folk rock. For this episode, Lizzie provided the demo she and her guitarist used as the foundation of the song, plus 10 isolated instrument and vocal groups from recording and mixing engineer Sheldon Gomberg, executive producer. Season 3 of Songs Out Loud episodes are taped in front of a live audience. For this one, we gathered in the upstairs lounge of the Royale Food and Spirits. Weaving isolated instrument and vocal tracks in and out of personal narratives, Songs Out Loud breaks it down, instrument by instrument, lyric by lyric, and beat by beat. production it's really um, you know I wanted it to kind of be I'm an, I'm a 90s girl you know I grew up listening to Alanis and Jewel and Fiona Apple and just the, these amazing women that were omnipresent on 90s radio it's a real singer-songwriter opus it's got that sound it's really natural but it but it's got um, some killer production on it Bill Panks is a dear friend of mine and um, responsible for the arrangements that you hear on the record. And so when we were workshopping the song um, back and forth, because it was still 2020, and I sent him the, you know, the the acoustic guitar demo that I believe I shared with you, we used that, and I shared that with him, and he would just begin um, working out arrangements in, in finale and uh, and sending me different ideas and there were moments when I would say I don't know about this but I love this yeah he would use his violin to record uh the viola and the cello part and just in finale what you can do is you can just move that down an octave right 
She's talking about his use of a program called Finale, which can transcribe what you play live onto any clef you want, a tool that brings melodies to paper very immediately. Yeah, so he was able to to create all of the arrangements, you know, using his he's an incredible violinist and um and and arranger. So we were workshopping the song. Um we talked about how we wanted to layer the song and especially in the introduction how we wanted the strings to enter which which was to um to build that tension and um, you know it's a song about fear it's it's alluding to the idea of living in fear let's show um, the listener or imply to the listener a little bit of what that tension feels like Cordis, and after spending some time there, I wasn't connecting to the lyrics that I had written to go with it. And so I totally, I had some of the melodic ideas shaped, but um, ultimately when I was getting ready to move out there, um, I attended a mass with my parents and was speaking with the priest afterwards. And the priest told me, oh, there's a big earthquake coming. You better get a boat. And like, of course, the tsunami, the aftermath, I was like, thank you, Father. This is a little bit of a weird thing to say to somebody. I'm really excited to move to the Northwest, and you're telling me that a major natural disaster is going to uh, come my way. So that whole conversation is what initially inspired this idea of questioning naivete and living in fear and um, self-reflection and who do we spend our time with. And how do we spend our time with ourselves? Yeah, that's a... I think it's a three-part harmony, and I just ended up doubling the vocal to create um, to create more depth, to make it feel like a chorus, you know, kind of like a Fleetwood Mac uh, section of the song, where it's just like really big and a lot of reverb and um, a lot of layers. So the a lot of the auxiliary tracks were actually done remotely by a musician and composer named Rob Berger, who is based out of Nashville, who is, you know, plays everything from keyboard and a little bit of organ and Ebo to hurdy gurdy and dulcetone, you know. I, I sent Rob the tracks and I just said go. 
was truly um, out of his own brilliant mind. And uh, and I was so, I had so much faith in him that, that I trusted whatever he would send would be beautiful. This tuning in particular, I was... I was either tuning up or tuning down on my way to an open D. And I was tuning my G string and I just put it into F for briefly and then tuned my B string into a C and left my E string in D. And it sort of created this open D minor. It's not maybe a, a, an open tuning that musicians return to or, or talk about because it's made up. <laughs> extremely rainy, it's extremely gloomy, nine months of the year in the Pacific Northwest. And so there's a lot of inside time. And and I, for the most part, as much time as I could, had my guitar or was sitting in front of my keyboard, just writing. I, I mean, I, I write songs in standard tuning, but because I was really um, overwhelmed by bar chords <laughs> at the beginning. It was really hard, right? You're like, oh, that tastes so much wrist power um, to not have any fuzz. And so for me, that helped me navigate getting comfortable on the guitar. You know, Joni was the queen of that. She had nerve issues in her fingers, and that's why she predominantly played in open tunings. And uh, and she was somebody that I was listening to nonstop when I was first learning guitar. So it first started with me and Ben, the electric guitarist, Ben Meyer. I think I initially had a song that was formed with this chord structure. In case you missed that tasty guitar line, here it is again. You know, one of the things that Ben really thrives at is creating interesting arpeggio. And and so we kept that from from demo to to record. So it was really uh what I thought about it was that I loved it at the time and I think we just kept it. And here's one thing they decided to do without. Listen to the little descending guitar line behind the words depend on someone else. It didn't make it to the final album version. Here's the demo version, then the album one. I can depend on someone else to Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I remember I remember working on that with with Ben and uh 
th- there were some moments where where we would come up with a counter melody and it would just detract from the vocal and and the element of storytelling is so important in my songwriting um that that always like the that should always take take the lead and then all of a sudden you have you know uh 10 musicians that that are now playing on the track and you're balancing all of those things right eventually you have to give way to something else um and so that that's what happened with that part, but it's it's fun to go back and, and hear that. That's what's cool about, I guess, seeing the transformation from demo to uh, to studio. Um, and we, you know, he was using a little bit of delay, a little bit of vibrato that you can hear there on the isolated track. That's sort of again leaning into. Um, the production aspect of, of creating sort of a eerie, tense world of, you know, almost like a little spooky, yeah, apocalyptic <laughs> end of the world vibes, right? It's so funny when some artists are like, I gotta go out and I gotta have a cig and some whiskey. And you're like, that's not going to help your voice. Um, I appreciate it, but I mean, maybe if you're sick, you know, a little toddy or something like that, okay. Um, But yeah, I drink a lot of throat coat with honey and lemon, which has the licorice root and coats your vocal cords. Yeah, and also a lot of preparation leading up to the recording process because it's five days of tracking vocals by the end of tracking vocals for this record my voice was so tired it's it's really exhausting work you're like an athlete it's like you have to be an athlete with your vocal cords in a way and um preparing them for all the work that they're about to go do And as far as, you know, tracking the vocal on this, there was definitely a lot of feedback from Sheldon, who, um, Sheldon Gomberg, who makes the record and, and is my executive producer, um, and feedback in real time. Like, it's all so subjective as to how the audience is going to connect. Are they going to focus on the lyrics more when they don't have all that production? in their headphones you know that's why i feel like you see nowadays i'm going into maybe a little bit of a tangent here but you know you'll see people and artists you know promoting their music online on social media and just sharing the vocal right and you're not hearing the production at all because you you're trying to share an element of the song that the listener um is not going to be stimulated by anything else but simply that vocal take right um, so I think it's, there's a fascinating way to just think about how we, how we um, get that song to connect, and, and it's obviously going to connect to people in different ways. I can't keep turning tables out of spite. I can't be bitter in my bed. Every night Lately You think
And now, the entire album recording of The Big One by Lizzie Weber. Yo no. 
Songs Out Loud is produced, engineered, and mixed by me, Aaron Dorr. But I got the idea to do this from my favorite songs deconstruction podcast called Song Exploder at Radiotopia through PRX. It's hosted by Rishikesh Hirway, and you should definitely be subscribed there too. Anyway, the artists you hear on Songs Out Loud agree. Your digital music and merchandise purchases from their websites or places like Bandcamp are among the best ways you can support them. And if you love a good link tree, hers is Lizzie Webbs. If you look up Lizzie Weber, you can follow me to ensure that you will get this record right in your library when it comes out on June 9th. I guess this will be after the record comes out, though. It will be. <laughs> you can, or maybe I should, I'll, wait, how about I say... Is permission to leak? No, no permission to leak. Oh, my God. Okay, so... <laughs> Aaron, you're so um, can I love I it. You're you're excited. <laughs> no, I need I need people like you in my life. Oh. Um, okay, so I'm glad to have you here, and maybe I'll see you at the next taping. This has been a Songs Out Loud production.